I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This is your official Leguizamarama spoiler warning. If you have not seen Meadowland and uh, you don't want it ruined for you, then uh, you can only listen to the first quarter to half of this podcast. We'll tell you when we're going to start talking about Meadowland, but it'll probably be around about the point where we both burst into tears over this incredibly sad film. Probably then. Yeah, I reckon when you start to hear us cry, that's when we're about to talk about how sad this movie is. That's the little heads up. (laughs) Please enjoy this episode of Leguizamarama. Peace. I hate the word. Hello friends and welcome back to Mission Zach's Leguizamarama. It's a podcast where each week myself and my nerd mate, like me, I'm nerd too. No, you're not, not like me. Not like you. I wasn't that much of a nerd when I've, I've become more of a nerd in my 30s. I, I care less if people think I'm a nerd. Now that I'm in my 30s. I, we'll get to that. Yeah, okay. That's a good conversation. This is good. Yeah, it's good. This is good. So there you go, everyone. Everyone <laughs> that was listening to that spoiler warning being like, surely they're going to start talking about the film pretty quickly. No, nah, nah. listen to this. We're going to talk about being nerds. <laughs> uh, my name is Mish. Uh, you might know me from my nerdiest thing. You actually might know me from this because we did an episode on it in the podcast. I know a lot about Buffy, the vampire slayer. And if you ask yeah. me, that's fairly nerdy. Yeah. Right? That's a level of nerd. I did a 24-hour Twitch stream yeah, once. that's the nerdiest thing you've ever that's done. That's the nerdiest thing I've ever done. So if that's how you know me, that's so funny. But also I'm joined as always by uh, my super dorky, geeky mate, uh, Zachary Thomas Ruane, who you might know from. What's the nerdiest thing? The nerdiest thing I've ever done. It's hard. I'm trying to think. It's got to be something like engaging with, like, engaging with, like, I love, um, uh, I'm trying to think. It's got to be like, I think it's the fact that I'm into physics at the moment. Or also I watched a video about, do you know what it is? It's one, one video I watched. About six months ago, I watched a video where a guy reviewed the train from Melbourne to Adelaide. That's a fucking, that's nerdy. And that's Although, not like, it's not like I'm a train guy or wait, anything like that, say, but I watched that video. When you say reviewed the train, do you mean the train trip? Bit of everything, yeah. Because I, not often, but I have definitely fallen into holes of like vloggers, yeah. YouTube vloggers on um, different trains around the world doing overnights. Like oh, some of the vlogs on that, yeah. Indian, like like overnight uh, trains in India are fascinating. I took to, no, so this is different. So what I would say is when I was in the middle of the, of, of the last tour I did, I took to watching videos similar to what you're describing. There was one 
brand of video that was, I think it was often a Chinese guys, but you wouldn't know where it was like vlog style mm. and they were just filming um, like from their perspective and they, they never showed themselves and it was just like overnight train trips yeah. or like a day in the life, often in Japan, and then they didn't talk. They just um, had all of their narration or commentary in the subtitles and yeah. then that way it could be in lots of different languages. So like I don't think English was their first language but they just had subtitles. So it's these like quiet. Amazing. Calm, but they're, I, I wouldn't say that's nerdy. That's more like just calm, mindless. Like, no, yeah, I wouldn't say that's nerdy. No, the one I watched was, yes, it was about an overnight trip. But it, he was talking about the type of train. Yeah, okay, that's nerdy. He was talking about, nerdy. like, how they need to do more regular. That's nerdy. It was my, my little dip in the toe of becoming a train guy, which I don't think I ever will, but it was my dip in the toe. I think it's possible that anyone who's in the arts, comedy at very least, there's something about them that's a bit nerdy. Yeah. yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, I, I have friends that are, com- like... We okay. I will, I'll actually say her name. But she people have met her. She was on my twenty four hour stream. My friend Tash. I would say um, there's not an inch of nerd in her. I don't think she's nerdy at all. No, she's very cool. She's cool. She's just really cool. And she's one of the only people I know that's just like not doesn't have an inch of nerd in them. Whereas <laughs> I've had plenty of inches of nerd in me. If you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're done. See you later. We're done. Well, this is no, done. Um, but I, th- I, c- I think of all of our mates, like everyone we know that's in comedy, and they're all a bit nerdy. I would say. Even comedy cool boys. Like I would say Daniel Sloss is a cool boy. Yeah, but, but he's, he's got still a, a comedian. He's, yeah, so it makes yeah. him a bit of a fucking nerd. Yeah, everyone's a nerd. Mm. No, everyone, everyone in comedy is a nerd. And it's funny when they're like, comedian for like that people are like oh he's cool mm. but it's like but he practiced comedy mm. he got he practiced or she practiced being up there and, and doing comedy mm. jokes yeah cool people don't do that cool people get the laughs without having to work on their skill yes i um i was gonna say i think i got nerdier once i started doing comedy as a job so i was always not cool, mm. but I was more not cool in a drama kid kind of way, it, a band camp kind of kid. It's the difference. It's the difference between being a nerd and being a loser. <laughs> yeah. You know, but truthfully, I was a loser. Yeah. I was a loser in my early 20s. <laughs> See, I was a loser, right? I was, <laughs> I was, I, but, and I, I had a lot of nerd friends and I took interest in certain nerd things, but never... But now, now that I've like, I get my loser shit out mm-hmm. with my job, doing my little comedy plays, mm-hmm. I've got room to explore my nerd shit. Mm-hmm. And that's why I think I've become more of a nerd. What I mentioned at the top of this, I stand by, is that I don't care anymore if people think I'm a nerd or recognise that I'm a nerd. Not think, like they go, oh, well, she's a nerd. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't bother me at all now. It really is. Like I, I remember watching a bunch of like interviews on Oprah and stuff when I was younger and it was like when you turn 30, something happens. Then when you turn 40, something happens where you just stop care. You care less. It's really true. Like I got into my th- – I care so much less about 
Consider- Those kind of like nerd, dork, geek, loser labels. Okay, sure. I at 30, I'm 35 and at 35 years old have just started playing The Sims. Yeah. Right? And I find it really therapeutic in a way. Like I don't know what it is about it. It's that like an hour goes so fast when yeah. you play The Sims, right? There's something about sitting down for two hours and just like playing The Sims. I know I'll get over it. I already am. Like I kind of stopped already. But there was a one month in there post comedy festival where I was playing The Sims all the time. And I was like, there was a part of me that was like, oh God, should I, am I a bit too old? For, is this a bit too nerdy? I don't care. I don't care. No, nor should you. Our friend, friend of the pod, Michelle Brazier, has just watched seven seasons of Buffy for the third time. Wow. The third time. Like, I, I, like, I don't care. That's fucking sick. I'm really proud of her finding the time to do that. But that's fucking nerdy, man. See, here's the thing about Buffy. I think Buffy's more in the, um, I think it's less nerdy. It's more in the, um, what I, like more the, the category, it's more losery. Okay. Because it's more like, it's more the drama kids love Buffy. Maybe. But then maybe Angel is more nerdy. <laughs> She's watching Angel too. Yeah, well, <laughs> Um, I've, I've, I would love to rewatch Buffy. I really loved Buffy when it first came out and then uh, I sort of stopped watching it when it, and I never finished it, but I'd love to watch Buffy. I just thought of a fun game. Okay, sure. A little sure. five minute game. I want you to tell me something about yourself yeah. or something that you do and I will classify it as nerdy or a loser, okay. like nerd or loser, and I'll do the same. Right, so right. I will tell you, so I'll say I can answer 99% of questions about Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And you would say? Like I'd say loser. Yeah. Okay. And you would say to me, you watch. Um, um, I'll say to you. A, a, a YouTube video about the way a train is built. And I would say nerd. Nerd. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, it's a really good way for our listeners to figure out whether or not they're in fact nerds or losers. Okay. So here's one. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've just started watching Deep Space Nine. Yeah. So you, that's Star Trek, right? Yeah, Star Trek. Deep Space Nine is the one set on a um, on a on a space station, right? Yep. Sorry, mate. Another seven seasons, but I don't know if I'll get into this. And part of the reason I don't love it is because the picture is not as nice. It's like more. It's um. It's not high definition. Mm-hmm. So I looked up um, why that was, and read a few articles about the fact that. When they um, when they uh, made Next Generation high definition, they re-edited it from the original film they shot it on, re-edited it, um, re-did um, all the sound in surround sound and redid any of the CGI that was there, very limited CGI in that series, but redid any of the CGI in high definition. Basically, redid post-production to exactly match mm. the show but in high definition. Um, and I read all about that and it's one of the things that's making me go, do I want to watch um, Deep Space Nine or not? Because they didn't do that process. Okay. So when you said um, I'm currently watching Deep Space Nine, mm. I was like, okay, nerd. Yeah. But then when you started talking to me about all that other bullshit, a big fucking loser. <laughs> but not nerdy. 
Uh, no, you're both kind of. I don't know how you managed it. Yeah. No, you went from nerd. The reason not wanting yeah, to watch no, it because I get the it. visual quality, thats you've turned into a loser. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Mm. Yeah, I get that. If I knew how to mm. make it look better, mm-hmm. I'd be a nerd. If I had the skills, the yeah. tools, but just reading articles about it. Yeah, I understand. All right. Um, your turn. Oh, okay. And do we need to clarify what loser is? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no. I mean, do you want to? No, I think that I want to be very clear. Losers are not losers. Mm, no. It's it's evolved. Yes. It's not a, you know, a loser. It's just a different kind of, nerds are like, Ugh, and losers are like, yeah, hi. Mm. <laughs> okay. Um, I recently had some friends over for dinner okay. at my house. Yeah. Was it the one I came to? Yes. Yeah, nice. Um, so before they came over, um, we obviously cleaned the house up a bit, like just wanted to make sure. And I was like uh, organising my um, my my office. I have like a really cute little – did you go upstairs? No, I didn't get it. Oh, okay. I, I, I was I – was, uh, I can't remember what happened. Yeah. Um, and uh, in organising my office, um, I, I uh, deliberately placed – uh, some of the like the scrapbooking stuff I do <laughs> in, a, in a drawer so that people wouldn't see. Um, but sometimes I collect old postcards and I put them um, in a, a binder folder, uh, like all together. What happened like to that. you? Don't care anymore. That's a great. Fact. Sorry. Well, actually, no. I'm, I've said that for impact. I put it away. It just doesn't stay out. Yeah. But I was like, oh god, that's really funny. If some, that's like a thing someone would have discovered about me. Yeah. But I don't care. That's why I'm telling you it do on a the podcast. Bit of scrapbooking. Uh, scrapbooking is illusory. Okay. It's loser. Yeah. It's I wouldn't craft. say it's scrapbooking as much as it is. I collect cool postcards. I would say almost all arts and crafts. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, collecting. See, mm. all right. So No, it's not collecting. It is. I, I place them in this folder, but it's all postcards. It's not like I go out and buy sticker books and make different pages. Mm. Elaborate on what you do because do you cut them up Do you or do you find postcards you like? No, and... I don't cut them up anymore. I used to. But now it's mostly if I find postcards I like, I will purchase them. Like a lot of bookshops have them. I get them from overseas and I put them all together in different binders, but I, put, but I place them very deliberately in nice places so that they look good. So it's not just like um, like a photo book. It's like you place them all around yes. and, and you mix it up. It's a bit of a yes, a schmozzle. Like it's a it's a crafty a crafty thing. thing. I would say it's crafty and yeah, I would say it's crafty. Well, you have to bring this in one day. One of them in surely okay. is that okay? Would you be willing to yeah, share that, fine. or is that is that something that's like... no? It's literally just postcards. I think are pretty. When did you start doing this? Oh, since I was twelve. But oh. like no, but that's the collecting of like. Like, you know, when you sometimes go into a cafe and they have free postcards? Yeah. I used to collect a lot. I used to like grab ones I liked and then they just kind of all built up and I kept them in a shoebox. And then the shoebox started to overflow with like old, some old photos, like real crap ones that I never like did anything with. And then I was, I bought some A4 binder folders like four years ago so that I could like work, like, like kind of, it was pre-COVID, so 2019. And um, I just put them all in there. And now when I get them, I like find the right place to put them. In a binder folder. Yeah. So you put them in the binder. Like plastic pockets with A4 sheets of paper in them. And you just put them in the plastic pockets? Yes. Or do you stick them to a piece of paper or you just put them in the pocket? I sometimes stick them to the piece of paper. But mostly you just put it in the pocket. The, how do you, how does it, if it's, does it have four pockets per A4? No. 
It's just one in. But, so one page is one But you postcard. can fit two postcards, sometimes three if it's a long, thin one. And, and you, you can... stack them on yes. top of each yes. other. It's crafty. It's not It's not like all-out craft. I don't break out the glue stick or the scissors for it. Because the glue stick and the scissors is very clear door. It's like very clear loser, yeah. right? But collecting things mm. is more in the nerd category. Mm. But I would say it doesn't sound like you go, oh, I have to get that particular postcard. Mm. Oh, they've, they've just released. Do you no, ever think it's nothing like they've that. just released a new range of postcards? No. No. Then I'm going to put it in the loser category. Okay. It's like you're a little liar bird collecting trinkets. Yeah. Okay. And that's, that's arts, craft, all of those things mm-hmm. largely fall into loser, in my opinion. Um, drama. Yep. Um, all those things are in the loser category. Mm-hmm. Um, nerdy is like more. A fascination by a subject or topic. And like facts and figures and yeah. bits yeah. and bobs and this and that. Do you want to give me another one? Okay. Um, oh, this is hard. This is, let me try and find something that's a little more vague. Uh, cause I think it's like, um, Okay. All right. Um, oh, this is tough, Mish. Mm. If you have anyone, you just jump in. Uh, I um yeah, go. I have a I'm I'm a fairly disorganised person. Uh-huh. I would yeah. say. Like, would you describe me as disorganised? Uh, uh, it's hard to hard Flighty. to get a read on you. <laughs> Flighty. Um, all of my spices are um in alphabetical order in my cupboard. Oh, I feel like that's almost neither. Almost neither. Okay. Um, alphabetical order in your cupboard. It's funny. You'd think that would be nerdy, mm. but I think that's still losery because it's like, I'm going to organize this. Yes. Yes. Nerdy would be like, you then do like a little, um, uh, like a little, um, sheet. Yeah. Like with the system, like yeah. you develop a Dewey <laughs> decimal system yeah. for spices. <laughs> I keep my dried herbs and my spices yeah, yeah, separate. Yeah. That that would be nerdy. Yeah. Um, okay. All right. Let me. I've got one. Mm-hmm. I've got one. Um, here's one for you. I really like theme parks, as you know, yeah. and I watch YouTube videos about the history of theme parks and uh, about the, um, you know, latest news and yeah. all of that. 100% nerd. Nerd. 100%. You're very nerdy about theme parks. But yeah. you're not a loser. A loser goes and buys the fucking Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. <laughs> That's not, I'm not, this is, I feel awful calling people. They're fine to be a loser. I, do, I literally listed off all my shit and apparently I'm 100% loser. Yeah, 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 yeah. But a loser. No, I get um, it. I uh, get it. Then tries to kind of like has ownership of the theme park in a way. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, I know yeah. exactly the type of yeah. um, content. Theme park that. losers and theme park nerds are very different. You are a theme park nerd. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about mm-hmm. and I fully agree. And yeah. it's funny because I sometimes I judge the theme park losers and it's like, no, we're all, all cousins. Man. We're all losers. Yeah. In the original sense yes. of the word. Yes. Um, we're all taking a thing that is for children mm-hmm. and, and, and claiming it. Mm, yep. 
But actually, it's not for children because actually the whole point of Disneyland mm. was uh, something that would be as magical as for the parents as for the children. And, mm. and when that concept was developed, parents were in their early 20s. So actually, um, <laughs> actually, I think you'll find it is for people in their 20s and 30s, actually. Yeah. 100%. And actually under... Um, <laughs> I've just um, yeah, no, you're right. It's how how one approaches a thing yeah. is, is very key, and I approach it in a very nerdy way. Yeah, one hundred percent. I've just realised as well that I am a loser, and that's fine. Like, I don't think I'm a nerd. I think I might be a loser. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And my partner is a nerd. Yeah, yeah. Like a big time. Like the way he is about cars and sport. Yeah. He collects Hot Wheels. Like, he's a nerd. Like, and I'm a loser. And that's beautiful, man. My problem is, is like, I, like I said, I was a loser. Mm. I was fully a loser and then I'm becoming a nerd in my older age. Yeah, see, I think I'm just full loser. I think I've always been a loser. I don't think I've ever been a nerd. Yeah, oh, no. except for the drama stuff. No, that's loser. All no. the drama stuff is loser. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay, yep. Sorry, I got confused. It's okay. That's a loser thing to do. <laughs> hey, um... We're going to go cut to an ad now. Are we? Um, we are. I but when we get break. back from the ad. Yeah. We're going to reveal <laughs> the nerdiest thing I've ever done. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, welcome back to the ad. It's the train thing. I already told you. <laughs> Keep up, you fucking loser. I've already told you, losers. <laughs> It's that train video I watched. Listeners of Leguizamarama are losers, right? Both. Yeah, nerds and losers. Nerds and losers. Yeah, because they love, if, they, if they're listening, well, no, it's like if you're listening to hear Zach and I talk shit, I think you're a loser. Yeah. But if you're listening because you're a film buff and you love Johnny Legs, you're a nerd. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or a bit of both, you know. But hey, we've literally, we, we are you, so it's fine. I, um, yeah, I, I, I am for. What's Tom? Nerd. Tom Armstrong, yeah. who's, who's currently listening. Hi, Tom. Hi, Tom. Um, Nerd. Oh, hardly either. Yeah, that's yeah. he's almost just a cool guy. He's, he's nearly a cool guy. Yeah, yeah. I, but I would say that the music thing is a bit nerdy. The sound effect. That's, I'm sorry, it is. Like, if you go into his, his office, is the office of a nerd. Do you know, here's the crazy thing about society, right, is there are certain things you can be nerdy about mm. and it's not nerdy to be nerdy about it. Mm. Um, people that are nerdy about sports, some of them are nerds, but some of them are just like, oh, this is my favorite, you know, mm. da, 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 these are the stats and I bet on them. Mm. But it's like, that's all nerd shit, but they're not nerds. Mm. Um, but so Tom, yes, he's very good at what he does. He's probably more in the loser category, even though because he's a bit vibey. Nerds, I can, I can, I can. Nerds are like, have you ever seen Zed, the DJ Zed? No, it's the funniest video. You gotta watch Zed. He, he. Um, do you ever watch? Uh, oh no, we were meant to talk about the movie, but we'll just say this. Did you ever watch? Um, do you watch uh, Architectural Digest? Yes. Zed is this like wee, dweeby little. DJ producer mm. and he like, he does DJ shows in Las Vegas and yeah. like 
He's like in the Calvin Harris category. He's got a couple of pop hits under his belt, but he's this little dweeby German guy and his house on, it's so funny. It's just this like giant concrete mansion. It's the most impressive mansion you've ever seen. And he's just got like nothing in there. <laughs> he's got like a gumball machine or some shit. He's like, hey, welcome to my giant mansion. <laughs> Oh, my God. It's amazing. It's so good to watch. I haven't seen it in years. Yeah, amazing. Anyway, there are little nerdy music people. I just don't know. Tom has to. I don't think Tom's a loser. I strongly disagree that he's a loser. I think he's he's like this, like, he's a cool guy with, like, a little stripe of nerd so that he can, like, keep up with us a bit. You know what I mean? He's just got a little essence of nerd. His office is the office of a big fucking nerd. Those are just tools. Of his trade. Yeah, I know. But if you don't know of his tools of his trade, you're just like, what a nerdy office. No. See, it's nerdy that I described his office as... It's nerdy that I described his music instruments and his things as tools of his trade. Yeah, that's true. That's nerdy. Yeah, that's true. But for him, he just uses them to make music. Yeah, true. Anyway, let's... Can we talk about this film? Yeah. All right. Cue the fucking waterworks. Now... I want to. I, I want to say. I don't know if we've ever acknowledged this. Oh, we're going to acknowledge it. But I feel like it's important, just in case we ever did say it was coming out, mm-hmm. or um, we did a full podcast on this episode on this movie. Yeah. If um, hello, Ridgy Didge listeners. Do you remember how one December period we were recording all of our episodes out of Comedy Republic? Um. There was a pit we were talking about. Oh, yeah, because there Republic. were protesters outside yeah. because of Dan, Dan the man, dictator yeah. Dan. <laughs> <laughs> and we did a bunch of episodes. We did record. So this was over, this is a year and a half ago. Yeah. That we, we watched and recorded this episode. However, um, we lost all the audio. I knocked a cord. You sat on it. <laughs> I sat on a cord. And it pulled it out of the wall. Um that's okay. Mistakes the court happen. was on a chair. Yeah. I will say it's not like I. But we haven't wanted. Oh yeah, no, it wasn't like he was just like fucking around. Like the, the cord was on a chair, and mm. I sat on the chair. Yeah, but we didn't want to revisit or re-record this episode because, I, firstly, we forgot, and secondly, it's a fucking heavy film. We needed to give it a bit of time. Yeah, I honestly couldn't have watched this movie twice within a year. But I just thought, just in case, like, there's always been a part of me that, like thinks we did release it. And even though I know we didn't, but there's just a part of me, not even that thinks we released it, right? Like that's like, oh, my God, what if we did accidentally fix it and release it? Mm. And I thought forgot? so. I went looking for it and I'm like, where the fuck is it? So just in case we have done an episode on Meadowland. Now, I don't think we have. I don't think we have. But just in case we have, yeah. I also want to acknowledge it for that reason. 100%. Because I don't think we have. Mm. But if we had and we didn't acknowledge it, people would feel like crazy. Hunch. But I don't think, yeah, we weren't able to save it. We sat on the cord. We did a whole episode. And, oh. and I actually remember it being very good, but I don't remember. Was it? No, I was probably. Yeah, actually, probably fine. Mm. Yeah, fine. Anyway, go Those on. Were, that was a good run of pods. All right. Mm. <clears throat> Meadowland is a 2015 drama about the saddest shit imaginable. This beautiful and very depressing independent film directed by Reed Morano tells the story of a couple, played by the lady from House and the guy from Wedding Crashes, whose lives fall apart after their child goes missing. John Leguizamo plays Pete, another man who has lost his child. Fun fact, Reed Morano also directed all the episodes of The Power. 
There you go. Did you know that? I did not know that. Well, fucking, let's just like very straight off the bat after you've said that. Directors love to work with Johnny Legs. He gets repeat work from different yeah, directors all the time. Yeah. All That's the true. fucking time. That's really true. I love that. I love that. I've got to say, um, I feel like, and I don't know if it's, I don't know why. I actually don't know the reason why. But I enjoyed this film a lot more watching it now yeah. than I did a year and a half ago. And I think it might be a mindset thing. It is by far and away, yeah. genuinely, one of the saddest movies I've ever watched. It's just dark and sad. Yeah. There is zero. Like I'm talking zero lightness in this film. Yeah. It's incredibly heavy. It is not a light watch. This isn't like a midweek over dinner with your family happy film. It's really, really sad. Um, yeah, I just wanted to say that. I um, I It's a movie that, here's what I think, I would really want to watch it at the movies because I think that because it's so depressing mm. and so sad, um, the thing about a cinema is you have to turn off your phone and you're not allowed to mm -hmm. pause it and you're not, you can't really leave. You just have to sit and watch the thing. Yes. And I think it's a movie that would really benefit from um, having to watch it. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, like I can see how there are certain movies where, where they're so depressing that it's like, well, I'm going to, like, I want to pause this and take a break. Mm. Whereas in a cinema, like, you have to go on that journey yes. and it feels very like cumulative. Mm. It's one I would love to, cause it is, it's so full on, man. Really full on. Also side note, Luke Wilson was not in Wedding Crashes. That was Owen Wilson. <laughs> he did a cameo, didn't he? Luke no, Wilson? Luke Wilson was in Legally Blonde. <laughs> oh, thanks for the call out. I, I really am glad you said that. You would have gotten DM after DM. I could have sworn... Oh no, I'm literally I'm not even thinking of Owen Wilson. Yeah. I'm thinking of um I'm thinking of what's his name? I'll show you. I'll tell ben you. Ben Stiller. No, I was literally like I had combined in my mind Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn. Oh, okay. And when you mix Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, you get, get something like not unlike Luke Wilson. <laughs> Oh, it's, that's look. so funny because I was going to do, I was going to do Idiocracy and then I was like, oh, no, no, I'll do. And mm. then I was like, oh, I should double check that he was in it. And um, I didn't. And mm. now I feel a fool. Mm. The thing with this movie that I, th I think is, a, is really, really interesting oh. is you want so badly for there to be a conclusion in this film, oh. right? So the, it opens with the opening scene is Luke Wilson and Harry Styles' girlfriend, uh, uh, Olivia Wilde, um, driving with their son in the back seat. They pull up at it's a... incredibly powerful So So powerful. They pull up at a petrol station. They go to use the toilet. They come back out. The son's missing. That's how the show, the movie opens, right? So you're watching the whole thing and you're just like, are they going to find their son? Is he alive? Is he dead? Who did it? Where is he? All these questions, right? And you're like, they're constant throughout the whole film. And as the film progresses, you realise that the film isn't about catching 
the guy who did it or whoever did it. It's not about finding the sun. It's not about getting a conclusion. It's literally about the pain and suffering that the people involved in that situation are going through. That is what the movie is about. And the pain of never knowing. Of never knowing. Of always wanting to. Yeah. um, So you never, like, we did a spoiler warning. You never find out what happened to the sun. Like Luke Wilson's trying throughout the whole thing. They all are. But you never find out. And it's not about the path of finding out who did it. Like there's a movie, like it's like three and a half hours long. It's uh, Hugh Jackman. Pris- Prisoners. Prisoners, right? The story, great film. The, that story is about like what happened, where are they, who did it, how they're going to get through it, whatever. And it earns its fucking four, five, six hours that it does, right? I think. This movie is about uh, – it's a, a just such an emotional what they're going through kind of thing. And it's a real like – like the cast is great. Mm. It's really great. It's really well cast. It's well acted. It's just super depressing. And I reckon when we first recorded it, I reckon one of my things that I would have said is I don't think I'll ever watch this movie That's again. so funny. Because sometimes a movie can be so sad. Very good. I enjoyed this film. I enjoyed watching it because it evoked something. But And it's sad. I will never watch this movie again. Yeah. I can say that now because we won't lose this audio. Although how funny would it be if we if lost, we lost this, audio. this audio? We had to keep watching this movie. <laughs> it, it, it's interesting you say you liked it more. Yeah. Um, I think I did. I think I was I was really not in the right headspace. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I really was just, this was not the movie I wanted to watch. And I left it till last night. So had to be last night. Yeah. Um, uh, and it's the sort of movie that, you know, you've got to be in the right headspace to watch it. Without a doubt. That's what I mean by you don't just chuck this on. Yeah. And um, I... I, I'm interested because I, I I think I liked it more too the sec, on the second viewing and I'm interested to know why that was for you. Um, I've got theories. I've got thoughts. I, don't, I actually don't know. I don't know because oddly enough with a movie like this where it is so dark and depressing and I, I honestly think I would have said the first time we recorded that I don't <laughs> want to ever watch it again. Having to watch it a second time, I don't know. Maybe I was, um, maybe I was watching different things in yeah. the film potentially. Do you want know. to hear my two thoughts? Yes, please. One is, uh, I think we watched a pirated version the first time we watched it. Oh, did we? I think we did, and I don't think the quality of the video was very good when we watched it. Okay. And I think, but we downloaded it this time, mm-hmm. and it was really legally beautiful. legally. And it was really beautifully shot. Mm-hmm. We very rarely do a um, a pirated, but I think we just might have done a pirate. Mm. Or at the very least, I just remember the quality being not very good. Mm. Okay. And this time around it was really, I think, so I think it was a lot more beautiful. Mm-hmm. We should probably shouldn't admit to pirating, whatever. Well, I wouldn't mean admit to pirating. We'd go on to the Alexi episode where we watched <laughs> Super Mario Brothers where it's just literally the three of us breaking down over watching an illegal <laughs> copy of something. <laughs> The second thing I would say is knowing that it's not going to go on the journey you think it's going to go on yeah, yeah. means you're more able to accept it for the right. That's that actually, on. I reckon, what it is. Very clever. So nerdy of you. Well, I also think there's just an element where <sighs> bad, like it. it's her descent. Mm. 
And, um, but it starts a year in, it starts with her already in a horrible place and then it's her making bad choice. So it's like, that's the thing watching it again, where I was like, stuff I thought happened kind of early on. And then you're like, God, how are we ever going to happen towards the end? Mm. So it's just like, it's bad. And then it just gets worse and worse and worse. And then it kind of finishes. And it's this really like, um, I think the realization, the first, I think you hit nail on the head, the realization when watching it the first time about three quarters of the way through the movie that we're not going to get any answers. Mm. And you heard me when I went on my rants, particularly in the power, I love answers. Like I love, like I know it's, I know it's shit, but I love this movie. No, 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 no. I love this movie, but I find myself watching stuff like this going, oh my God, just tell me I need to know. I don't think I can go on not knowing. I can't just have the blah, blah, blah. And if you sit in and you allow yourself, it can be a really, really beautiful experience. But I three quarters of the way through this movie, the first time I watched it, I was like, okay, we're not going to get answers. We're I, not going to get them. I don't disagree with you on I, – I don't think I need answers, right? I think that for me, if there's ambiguity, I need to be told there's a shorthand mm. taking me through the ambiguity, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. If, if there's a sort of like – I think that – the choice to not tell us who, like, to, the choice to go, this isn't about who did it, mm. is a really bold choice. And that there needs to be a structural element for me that says, we're not going to take you down that path. Mm. I don't know how to describe it exactly, but there needs to be an element where it's like, you, either... Either this, it starts with you, you're never going to know. Mm-hmm. Here's a story about grief. Or you go down a path and then there's a, a point where it says we might never know. And it kind of happens in this film but, like, it it feels it feels like you think it's going to go down a certain right. path. And it, it made me think – it's funny um, you mentioned Prisoners because Prisoners is interesting because it sort of structurally is about catching the killer mm. but, but – um, like almost subtextually or textually, it's about like, like it's not really about who did no, it. No, yes, you're right. It's more about, and often in Hollywood films, they give you a quick like, oh, it was him. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like you can tell the studio like yeah. begged the director for, oh, it was him. Please just give us that guy from um, Ruby Sparks. <laughs> Make it him. It was him, yeah, good. No, but I don't think it was him was the point of Prisoners, wasn't it? I haven't watched that movie in a really Because long I think time. the idea of Prisoners was they didn't really know who it was and then they start torturing this guy and it might have been him but it might not have been him. But then I do think they kind of at the end go, oh, it was him. I yeah. might be wrong though. But there's another movie that I thought of. Have you ever heard of The Vanishing? Yes. Yes. Not the which one did you the Wait, I'm thinking of the um the early noughties horror film The Vanishing. Yeah, no, no. I, I had to look it up because there's so many films with this name. Um there's so many films with this name. But um Not the one with um uh what's his fucking name? Oh, I've forgotten his name, Gerard Butler. No, no, no. no. Okay. <laughs> so The Vanishing is a film. I haven't watched this film in so long, right? Mm. Um, it's almost one that you shouldn't, if you if you do watch it, you shouldn't look it up because, like, I think even the DVD cover was the ending, right? It just oh gives God, away the Oh, my God, it's so right? annoying. Um, and then, and then uh, but it's a film about <coughs> a guy whose wife goes missing and the whole film is about him becoming obsessed with finding out not just who did it, but what happened to her. 
He wants so desperately to know what happened to her. And it, be, it it's about that obsession. And then um, it goes down a really, really, really dark path. And then it has this like incredible twist at the end. That's, but it's really structurally clever. From memory, I haven't watched this film for years. But it's really, really structurally clever because you are on the journey with him and you want so desperately for it to be about, mm. you want so desperately to know what happened to her mm. that by the time you get to the end and you realise that like. You're not getting that. Or that maybe you're not getting, I don't want to give it away. Yep, okay. Maybe you're not getting it, maybe you get, but it's like that you get pulled in and the lesson is, you know, maybe that's not the path that you should have gone down. It's a really structurally clever thing. Where Very it's like, cool. It's about. Then they made a remake of it in America where with I think Kiefer Sutherland in mm. the early 90s because it, it's a whole movie where the ending is the reason it exists. It's got this incredibly powerful ending, right? Um, and it's the reason it exists and then they remade it in America but the ending was a bit too bleak. So that's actually the end of Act 2 and then he like um, then he finds the killer. <laughs> Or like he gets oh, him God. or something. It's That's so like um, Captain Corelli's mandolin. I don't know oh, if I right. No, yeah. In the book, <laughs> spoiler alert, in the book he dies, right? In Captain Corelli's, he dies. In the movie, he dies and, he's, and she's sitting on her porch sad right at the end before the credits and then they just shoot, have a shot of him walking up a hill towards her. He didn't die. And she's just like, oh, so they just kept him alive in the movie? That's so funny. Fucked. Anyway, um, what you just said then about that movie, I feel like it's this, is Meadowland. It's that you get to the end, it's like maybe you shouldn't have been focusing on that. And that's why maybe I liked it the second time around so much, like what you said. I wasn't, the ending is I really wasn't watching it to try and figure out who. Because I remember, oh, I remember the first time we watched it, um, they kind of set up that maybe it could have been John Leguizamo's character. Remember? Oh. It's like, was it someone from his AA meeting? Like I was, Or I was saying that I was thinking maybe that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, because I don't. I, I, no, I think I was saying, like, yeah. oh, who is it in the AA? Not the AA meetings. He's like, you know what I mean? The grief yeah, yeah. counselling. Um, but you're watching it. Yeah, thinking, going, who, who is it? Who, who is it? Who is it? Who is it? And then you never get it. It's just like, because like, I remember Giovanni Ribisi popped up. I was like, oh, that's a Giovanni Ribisi role to have done it. That's who it was. Yeah. That's, that's who I thought. The Giovanni yeah. Ribisi. And then I could never. Because Giovanni Ribisi would be cast as that character. Do you yeah. Know I mean? He would be cast as the character that's a loving member of the family and yet also abducted the son. Like, do you know yeah. what I mean? But, and so you're, I was focusing on that the first time. Like, maybe it was him. Maybe it was him. And then when you're just like, no, it's not him and that's not the focus and that's not, it's like, oh. So the second time around I was able to watch it very differently. For example, the scene on the rooftop where Olivia Wilde and Giovanni Ribisi are doing all those drugs. Mm. It's so, it's so full on and they just, um, they're it's both. Her, it's, the, it's him not wanting her. There's something really powerful oh my God. about an addict who is, down that path already. Yeah. Who's not going to stop someone from doing the drugs, but is then also like, oh, don't do it. You know, the yeah. look on his face of, oh my fuck God. Giovanni Ribisi's good. So good. Like, so good. In fairness, he plays this role a lot in a lot of movies. Yeah. 
But f- fucking so? Like he's so This is, the, this is what I was saying it. before. Actors, I, if actors are good at one thing and they're I've really always, good at I've it. I've always liked him. Like even when I was younger, I was a big Giovanni Ribisi yeah, fan. No, but I think that this movie, he is just like really phenomenal. That would be a very interesting study of filmography as his because you would, I would love to see the roles he hasn't played this character in. You know what Ribisi, I mean? Ribisi I think would have a very similar career. I, I, I. I loved Rabisi as an actor at a very similar time. I loved John Leguizamo. Like I was, Same. Yeah, yeah, I Same. really loved John uh, Giovanni Rabisi. I wonder if there was a particular film that made me love. I think he just popped up a lot, and he was always mm. cool. Yeah, um, that's so funny. That's yeah. so funny that yeah. And I and, think if we'd had the conversation, yeah. genuinely. <laughs> We could have been doing. If we four years ago had a conversation about how much we loved Giovanni Ribisi, we could have been. This doing would a be the Ribisi. the Giovanni Ribisi, 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 But no, I, I'm the. I, I feel like it would be fascinating to see because I think he would have. Um, Films where he's he plays different to that, but also this is the thing I was saying a few weeks ago because I think I mentioned Nicole Kidman a few weeks ago, and like I think I I went in a bit hard on Nicole Kidman and it seemed like I thought she could only do one thing. I don't think that. Mm. I think she's an incredible actor, mm. but we ask too much of actors. We go we we sometimes define actors by what they can't do, mm. and it's just like, well, just don't do that. Don't ask them to do that, and I. I if Giovanni Ribisi only does that, mm. he probably doesn't, but if that's all he, he can do. Just looking at his filmography, he does do other things, but he does play the kind of fucked up side man real good. Yeah, he's very good at that part. Oh, my God. Like, like that's who you want. That's who you want if you have written a fucked up side Whenever you see a movie with a fucked up side man, you know they wanted Giovanni. Do you know what I think that Giovanni Ribisi yeah. and John Leguizamo, not anymore, mm. but I think there was a period in the late 90s, early 2000s where the list that the director got of people they were allowed to cast in that role had both Giovanni Ribisi and John Leguizamo. Oh, there's it. a definite crossover for There's sure. a list that they were both on. I ha- and I have a feeling, like they would not have seen each other in the filming of this movie. They're never in a scene together. Yeah. They wouldn't have, like whatever. However, I was about to say, like, wouldn't it be nice seeing together? However, Zach, I've just looked up Giovanni's filmography, filmography and he's in Waco: The Aftermath, <gasps> which great. I'm so excited for. I'm so excited for Waco, and the he's Aftermath. in it, and that's so great. No, Giovanni Ribisi, phenomenal. But I will say, um, uh, you mentioned it now months ago, I think. But um, you're like, oh, I, I, what's for John Leguizamo's sizzle reel? Like, what would you take? I definitely would include some stuff from this movie. Yeah. He plays a dude that you mentioned at the top. Paulie, you can explain it better than me. No, 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 not at all. Like I'm not trying to. um, No, please. No, no, I'm not. Uh, He plays a guy in Luke Wilson's grief counselling, the group grief counselling, who also lost his daughter. And he lost his daughter who was crossing the road one day after school and she got hit by a drunk driver. And John Leguizamo, uh, I believe from what you gather from this uh, film, his daughter probably died a while before Luke Wilson's son went missing, yeah, right? Yeah. So he's been through it a bit more and he takes on a kind of like a very, very friendly mentor position for Luke Wilson. He's only in properly two scenes, mm. right? 
But in the first scene uh, that he takes him to a diner for a cup of coffee and Luke Wilson asks him what happened to your daughter. And John, it's just, it is such an incredible, incredible example of like masterclass acting shit because he tells the story and he tells it like a man who is talking to someone who is grieving, but he's dealt with his grief a bit better. You know yeah, what I mean? And he's yeah. like, and it's it's like, well, this is what happened. You know, she was, um, she was crossing the road and it was really, really sad and it was awful. And some guy, a, a banker or whatever, got really drunk, was driving home and he, he hit her and it's awful. And there's this, it's just the most subtle of changes, like the most intricate, subtle of changes where he goes, sometimes I think about, killing this man. Yeah, yeah, he does that. And it's the most in in front of a train. And it is the most intensive like and he's saying it just sitting across from this guy at a diner and it's not this big dramatic weeping moment. It's like the subtlest of changes which makes you realize that all the stuff he's talking about about dealing with your grief and how he's dealt with it and how he's had to is all facade because deep down inside he is still as in much pain as Luke Wilson is. But Ooh. it's so subtle and it's so and that my friend, is for the John Leguizamo sizzle reel because that Mm. is phenomenal. Like, he is phenomenal. He's so good in this scene. I think that this film, I will never watch it again once. I really won't because it was too heavy. It was so heavy. I've seen it twice now. That's, But if you're in the right place, you have a dog with you and a big doona and some bed socks and something yummy to eat and it's just you and your phone is put away on aeroplane mode, watch this film. Yeah, yeah. It's really powerful and he is so good. He's only in two scenes. Really, yeah. Properly. He's only in two scenes. And both of them are the most intricate and, like, oh, it's so good, Zach. It is really good. I think you really hit the nail on the head that he doesn't go for the emotion in it, which is really nice. Mm. Like, he just... just, it's like he's told the story a lot of times. You yeah. feel the depth of pain. And and you're so right. Like I think good acting knows when uh, when uh, when the lines have enough impact. Yeah. It's a very strong scene. And we have seen John Leguizamo. One of the reasons we love him so much and what we've discovered in doing this podcast is we've seen him take some really bad writing and no actor can work with bad writing like John Leguizamo can. But what's incredible is to see him take good writing yeah. and just be in that good it's writing. Good. You're so right. Like, it's the yeah. difference of like – and I am so I, – I think the test of a good actor is bad writing. I can't – I sense. can't – Zach, what? <laughs> I, I can't do bad writing well. Mm. I can't, I don't know how to work with it. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like you give me a great script, I could I could be a good actor. <laughs> I, mean? yeah. I could say the word's good. Yeah. Um, so I think you're so right. Like he is so wonderful when, when the writing is bad. He's, the way he elevates it is really good. But you're so right. It's then such a treat mm. to, to see, see him, him with really good writing. Yeah. The one issue I have, and this is not the fault of the filmmakers, because this is Luke Wilson's story, well, it's really, no, it's Luke Wilson and Olivia Wilde's story, right? But because it's Luke Wilson's story, there's a lot of like shot reaction shots on on him Mm. as he's listening because it's about his journey and his, um, and, and, and it's like, for me as a person doing a podcast about a single actor, I was like, stay on John Leguizamo, stay on him. I remember the first time I watched it, I was like, this is bad editing. Why aren't we staying on John Leguizamo? And then this time around, mm. 
I was much more like, oh, because it's not his scene. Yeah. yeah. It's not his scene. And I was like, that's the one thing about like when, you know, that I love the Giovanni Rabisi's and the John Leguizamo's and the, but even when they get a great scene, mm. it's not their scene. No, you're right. And it's like, that's why I love when he's the lead or he's like the second lead because it's like, it's his scene yeah. and he gets to. Mm. Do he was, with it. Um, fun fact, and John Leguizamo for this. Ah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah, it does really make sense. Was it, was it, let me guess. Mm-hmm. A li- uh, ooh. When was it made? 2014? 15, yeah. 15. I think it would be Olivia Wilde first now, but I reckon it would have been Luke Wilson. Yep. Olivia Wilde, Giovanni Rabisi, mm-hmm. Rest of Cast, and John Leguizamo. Yes. That's my guess. Yes, that was right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Very good. Do you have any final thoughts about Meadowland? Um, do I have any final thoughts about Meadowland? I have one. I would yeah, just like know. to reiterate, genuinely, that twere not for this podcast, twere. I would never watch have watched Meadowland. No, I, and now I I've watched it twice. <laughs> but <laughs> I don't know and it's what not, that it's, means. <laughs> but I'm just saying, <laughs> I don't know what. <laughs> <laughs> we could unpack that maybe, <laughs> but let's I just not. know that for two hours. <laughs> no, no, no. Um. So yeah, no. But genuinely, I've somehow managed to watch it twice. But um, uh, is it my favourite movie? No, it's not. But I'm really glad I watched it. Yeah. Twice no. was a stretch, but um, it's, it's very, very good. And it is, like, phenomenal acting. Just be aware, just reiterating, zero lightness. It is very grim. Do you know what I think I'm going to go and try and watch now mm. is to Leslie, the independent film, there was a bit of controversy around Andrea Riceboro's uh, Oscar nomination. Did you hear about that? No. I might go, I've been wanting to watch it for a little while, but it's a similar kind of film, a micro-budget film about uh, a self-destructive woman. Great. And I would love to just watch it because I've heard great things about her performance and I wonder if it's a similar kind of just like feeling or just... Something it's watching this. I was like, I think I want to watch films, some films with a similar theme, and see how they tackle it differently. Yeah, um, because it's such a heavy mm. concept. I also really agree with you. I know we say this a lot, but the real treat of this podcast for me, um, you know, did it for to chat to you and to mm. make a silly podcast. But the real treat and the real like layer. It's like I feel like if. If I ever went to a, like, if I was ever talking to a young filmmaker or a young writer or a young something, not that I am an old one of those, but if I ever was talking to someone young that sort of does what we do, um, I think in the past I would have said, find a director you really like and watch all of their films, but, or find a writer you really like. But I think now I would say, find a character actor you like and watch all of their films because the broadness of, it is so cool. Mm. It's so cool. It's so cool to watch a film and just learn from it and go, this is what worked, this is what didn't work. And, like, yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Um, I'm giving it four Leguistamos. It's a very Leguizamo-y film. Um, it just is. It's exactly the kind of role he, like, he did. He did many of these bit parts. It's later on in his career. It's a 2015 and it very much feels like it could be 2009 in terms of the role it is. <laughs> um, but I think he is so good in it. The reason it doesn't get five is because of uh, pretty much what you said <laughs> about um, how the shots are of Luke Wilson and in true uh, John Leguizamo, Leguizamo-rama films, uh, 
it's all John. Yeah, I gotta give it. I gotta give it a four as well. Um, he's so stellar. Yeah. It's about taking that and John Leguizamo or that third build John Leguizamo and just elevating it. Yeah. That's that's why we did this podcast. Uh, yet four for me. Great. For all exactly the same reasons as you. Awesome. And I'm going to repeat them. No. <laughs> um, thank you so much for listening. Let us know if you watch Meadowland. I love getting, I really, really do love getting the DMs and the comments from people who have watched the movies or watched the episodes of things that we've watched and being like, oh, my God, I felt this way about it. If you watch Meadowland, I'd really love to hear from you. Yeah, because great. I'd love to know. Um, Tom, can you please take us away with a sick, cool beat? And over the beat, can you either be saying, I'm a cool boy, I'm a nerd, or I'm a loser, based on what you think you are? That's great. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll see you bloody next week. Bye-bye. Nerd. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.